Hello everyone, I'm Michelle Mitchell and your host for this program is Coffee and Trouble. Today we will speak about the consumer's perspective. And my guest for today will be Craig Holt from Atlas Coffee, who is joining us from Seattle, US. How are you? So far, so good. Another beautiful day in Seattle. Lucky you, you're having a great summertime in Seattle. Here in Costa Rica, where I'm based, it's really, really rainy. Yeah, yeah, the, the roles are reversed for the moment. Yeah, so you're having a cold brew because I know it's really warm yes, at this I'm, time, I'm right? Yes, with a cold brew. It's got some nice Costa Rican coffee in it. Nice and sunny. Good, good. So I'm having my cup of really warm, delicious coffee from Tres Rios also here in Costa Rica. Craig, thank you so much for being with us. And maybe to start the conversation, why don't you tell us about your role in, in Atlas Coffee? What do you do there? Sure. Um, I started the company in 1998, and uh, we have... You know, we've, we are a small uh, Seattle company that started independently. Uh, we're partnered with the Neumann Group these days, which has given us a little more range. And our focus has always been and remains on really connecting uh, producers with roasters and making sure that um, it's a real relationship, a mutual relationship between them. We call it a respect-based business model. And so we tend to focus on those relationship coffees, uh, a lot of certified coffees as well to roasters throughout the North American market. And Kirk, it would be really interesting to have your overview. How do you foresee and how do you analyze what is happening in the market from consumers' perspective? Is it hard to obtain the coffees that people crave for? Um, is, is people having a bit of trouble of getting uh, coffee beans, those that love to even grind coffee beans. What is happening from the consumer's perspective, given that sure. we do have so many problems with the pandemic? Right. So in the midst of the pandemic, you have people shifting not, you know, their consumption so much as how they're accessing the coffee they consume. And so a lot of our clients, uh, you know, we have over almost 700 clients around the North American market roaster retailers, many of them, and their retail shops, obviously things ground to a halt, uh, you know, at the end of March, early April, I, I called that April, uh, is, what is it, T.S. Eliot said, April is the cruelest month. It certainly was uh, for the country and uh, for the coffee business. So things really stopped then, but very, very quickly, um, consumers, uh, started buying coffee in different ways. And a lot of our retail focused clients ended up finding new ways to get coffee to people. They, they made sure that they could open their shops, um, but only in a safe way so that people could pick up coffee out front. Um, I delivered some samples to a client yesterday and people in, in their small community call ahead. And when the baristas see them pulling up, they set the coffee out uh, on the front porch and people pick it up and you know so people have been really creative in terms of how to handle retail but consumers have uh, purchased you know a, a lot of them have actually like purchased new home brewing stuff uh, anecdotally i've had so many of my friends uh, call or write and say okay i can't go to my local co coffee shop so i've invested in a real grinder and a nice brewing setup where can i get great beans and even my clients that aren't very well set up for uh, 
you know, online sales are doing great uh, direct-to-consumer online business because people in difficult times, um, people tend to want their wine and beer and they want their coffee, right? You can't afford right now uh, under the circumstances financially or physically to uh, go on a great vacation, but by goodness, you can have a cup of sunshine in the morning. Those are the basics. Coffee is actually something that brings comfort uh, amid confinement and amid the the very hard times that that we're facing. Absolutely. Coffee, there's a there's a real element of of emotion to to the coffee business and to what that cup of coffee in the morning means. And sure, um, I, I speak as a coffee addict, but there's more to it than that. There really is that, that sense of, of warmth and welcome and your, your coffee tells you things are gonna be okay. Um, and we saw this you know, in 2008, we saw that people, um, even when the economy just cratered, people were still not just buying coffee because the prediction was, okay, people are gonna buy cheaper coffee, but people kept buying good coffee because again, it's a very small, reasonably affordable luxury here. And, and that makes people feel a little better in difficult times. And, you know, I, I don't want to say that what we're experiencing right now is, is like 2008. We are in totally uncharted waters. Uh, but so far, just in terms of what we've seen, April, everything stopped. May, things picked up really quickly. And June and July, and now um, August so far, our clients are, are rebounding. They're finding creative ways to get people their coffee. And, and they're not just, you know, rebooking for, you know, the near future um, regular coffees, right? They're, they're re-upping on the really nice, you know, the micro lot type coffees, the Terrasu type coffees, the Tres Rios. And so um, that's been a really encouraging thing. Um, uh, Craig, how does this um, current situation has affected specialty coffees? You have spoken about how uh, retailers and consumers have gotten really creative in order to, to maintain their consumption. But how is this affecting specifically specialty coffees? In terms of the consumer side, you mean? Right. Um, well, again, I think on the consumer side, it's affecting specialty coffee because people have to be uh, on you know, in terms of how they're getting their coffee, they're being more creative, they're having to, you know, order by the pound and start brewing stuff at home. And I think there could, you know, we could potentially see some kind of long-term change in terms of how people go for their coffee. They might look at the economics of it and go, wow, I can still get, you know, great coffee from the local coffee shop, but brewing it myself on a cup-to-cup, pound-to-pound basis is actually you know, more financially efficient. So we might mm-hmm. see people doing a little more of that kind of business, right? Have you experienced at a certain point shortage, for example, of availability of certain specialty coffees or not? To date, it hasn't really been a, a big problem. Um, there, are, there are underlying issues with, you know, sort of the, the commodity element of coffee that might have a long-term effect on availability. Um, you know, the, the commodity market for specialty coffee remain, for coffee in general remains extremely low. And that makes it difficult for producers of specialty coffee. If you're a, a, a large volume, you know, commercial producer like Brazil, they have a lot of great specialty coffee, but they produce masses of coffee compared to the rest of the producing countries in the world. 
and they can do it at very low prices and still make money. Specialty can't do that. And so all that volume coming out of places like Brazil, Colombia, Vietnam has a significant impact on the smaller volume um, producers. And I think that is an issue even before the pandemic. But now in the midst of all these difficulties, all the challenges that producers have getting people to pick and process the coffee, you know, to have the market also be so low is, is very difficult. And I, I do worry a little bit about, you know, the future. And, you know, the hope is that people will continue to be willing to pay uh, for something great rather than just treating it, you know, um, caffeine medicine, you know, hopefully they'll keep taking that comfort and something really nice in the cup. Mm -hmm. uh, have you experienced or your clients any variations, significant variations in the prices? Prices, we've seen some differentials go up. Uh, we've seen differentials drop in other places significantly. I mean, you know, in, in the coffee market, there are, there are very few simple answers. Um, so we've seen a mixed bag of nuts in terms of how the mm -hmm. prices have moved origin to origin, coffee to coffee. Um, but there's certainly places where, you know, you're having to, if you want something really exceptional, you're going to have to pay a price that reflects the added difficulty and the added work that goes into it. And, and, and just in terms of how we've always done business, even when the market drops really low, you know, for these relationship coffees, these really unique and, and um, difficult to produce coffees, we don't say how cheaply can you sell this. We, we ask the producers, you know, well, let's look at what your cost of production is and what you need to earn for that coffee to make producing it worthwhile. And so, you know, when importers and roasters are asking the question that way, we should be able to arrive at a price that, that continues to motivate growers. And we're going to have to keep asking it that way if we want to have these coffees that a lot of the roasters that we work with have built their brand on. Um, it's, it's got to be worth it to, to pay a reasonable price for the coffee. And that reasonable price is not where the market, the commodity market is right now for a specialty coffee. We, we have to do better by our producers. So in that sense, collaboration is key at this point, knowing that um, yeah. the whole chain has been affected. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I've always, I, I have this analogy that I always use in, in talking to our producer uh, partners about, you know, we're like, we're like a football team and we have our keeper, we have our strikers, you know, we have our midfield. And, and it really does take that whole team. And, and again, it, it should be, I think your word collaborative is, is vital. Um, you know, it should be, and, and this is in my, my original, you know, business plan. It, all of these relationships with our roasters, with our producers, they're, they're partnerships, you know, it's, it's not just a client vendor thing. And, and there are times where, you know, a certain style of business person will look at, at this approach and say, oh, that's just emotional. That's, it's a little corny. That's a little naive. Um, but I can tell you that when I started this business, um, what I had going for me was the relationships and, and, Kind of trust that we had with with our roasters with our producers and that style of business has been really good for uh atlas and for the people we work with for some 22 years now so uh, a relationship is a great risk mitigation policy when there's trouble and you can just pick up the phone and say look here's what's going on how can we work this out 
that's a better long-term strategy than, than reading the letter of the contract and saying, okay, you didn't do this part of it, so this is over. Um, so you, you earn a kind of stability there. Um, Craig, this uh, pandemic has changed everyone's habits. Um, millions of us are working from home and maybe we had the habit of having a coffee in, in the middle of the morning, one before uh, lunch, one after lunch, why not? Right. Um, how these changes in working from home, uh, having shorter commutes, have changed the consumption of coffee. Have you perceived any significant changes? You mentioned about people not being able to go to the cafeterias, but what happens with those, the workers, the people that had their main consumption in, in workplaces? Right, and I think, you know, what, what I've seen so far, and again, we're talking about a, a very limited data set. You know, when I talk about this, I'm, I'm largely talking about the experience I've had as related to us by our clients, and what I've seen. Um, again, people are, are finding ways to um, get access to the beans and brew their own coffee. I talked, I get, again, people calling me and writing to me saying, okay, I, I, I'm doing a pour over. What's my grind? What are my ratios of water to coffee? That's a new experience in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and people are um, buying, you know, home espresso machines. Um, because again, they're used to going out and, and having somebody make them uh, a beautiful mm -hmm. latte or a great Americano. And they're like, okay, I, I missed that. I want that, you know, and they, they can't have that, uh, that sense of community that they love so much, but they can have a reminder of that uh, community. And again, that's the nice thing about, you know, the, the sort of specialty coffee where you have a human face that comes with the bag of coffee uh, that you get. And when you you can read about the producer and, and you feel like you're connected to something. You know, the beautiful thing about coffee, right, is the way that it connects people from around the world. And, and people want to hang on to a piece of that. So maybe it's not the social experience of sharing the cup of coffee with uh, co-workers or friends, but having this new whole experience of how do you grind your beans and select it and I mean you doing the whole process of selecting and how you want to prepare your coffee that's something new for for consumers it, do you see this as an advantage that maybe unexpectedly this situation brought to to consumers yeah I think so I mean again you know if I look at um, how our customers are shipping and how they're booking new coffees you know that the, the knee-jerk reaction when this all happened was that, well, potentially specialty will just go away because there were so many millions of jobs lost. And I'm talking about my market. Um, maybe people will just all shift to buying much cheap co cheaper coffee. And, and certainly there's a segment of the market that's doing that, but our clients are continuing to need uh, great specialty coffee because there is a, there is a good subset of consumers that is doing the same quality and doing it at home. So far, we have had like two waves of COVID in the U.S., one that is particularly hitting hard at this point, not only the U.S., but the whole Latin America as well. Yeah. And well, we have right around the corner, we'll have fall and then uh, winter. Um, what changes do you foresee with the, with the change of seasons uh, from the consumer's perspective? Um, 
you know, in, in our market, where as, as everybody knows, Seattle is notorious for gloomy gray days. Um, coffee becomes a, a, a vital um, asset. That essential. In, yes, an essential in the fight <laughs> against um, seasonal affective disorder with all those dark days. It's our little cup of sunshine. Um, so, you know, historically, we see a lot of consumption um, uptick in uh, fall and into certainly into the Christmas season around here, right? As people look for holiday gifts to give, coffee is always a nice thing. So, now having said that, we COVID has brought us into an age that defies expectations. Um, you know, when I'm asked what I predict for the future, uh, you know, in terms of the coffee market, uh, in terms of how the pandemic will affect the states. You know, I've, I've been lucky to um, listen in on a lot of webinars uh, with uh, a lot of different uh, epidemiologists and, and um, experts in the field. And, and I don't hear particularly encouraging things there in terms of how the um, pandemic will affect the country. Now, in terms of how that relates to what people do with coffee, um, I do suspect based on what we've seen so far that, you know, again, with the seasonal uptick and people needing their simple pleasures in difficult times, I, uh, I think and I hope uh, that coffee will continue to do well in that environment and, and people will continue to find some comfort there. Mm -hmm. We have seen consistently throughout the Americas that uh, young people, they're eager to uh, pick up their day, the daily habits, uh, go to college, for example. That's something that a lot of young people are longing to do. Uh, of course, to pick up their jobs if they do have that opportunity. Uh, do you see a change or a shift in the ages of consumers, um, those that are younger and maybe are experiencing this that you, you have mentioned before about now picking their own uh, or selecting their, their, their type of coffees, um, specialty coffees they want to, to consume? Do you see this or it's the traditional, more traditional consumers that are maintaining their habits of drinking coffee? Based on, you know, and again, I don't, I don't have like a bunch of research uh, to, to back me up here. I just have the responses of our clients uh, around the North American market. And it seems like it's a broad range. You know, it's not just the older traditional consumers who are going this way. Um, you know, as you say, young people get into their habits too. Um, and I do see with young people in particular, frankly, I see uh, in, in my specific market of uh, people still wanting to go out, right? People want to gather, whether they're doing it in a safe way or not. And again, coffee is often, um, you know, an uh, opportunity around which people will focus uh, a get together. So if I go to pick up some coffee at a local shop down the street, I might see a bunch of young people, you know, sometimes well-spaced, sometimes not, outside the shop um, drinking their coffee together. Um, so I do think it is a range of, of ages um, that are still um, needing their coffee. And um, for many of us, um, this situation was supposed to end in three months. That's what we expected. I mean, that's what we thought that it would end in two or three months, but it's going to yeah. be longer and it's going to stay for a while. At, at least that what yeah. it seems to be. Um, so what are you um, expecting for the coming year, for 2021 and, and further? 
what strategies are, are you um, starting to um, define given that this situation will persist in time? Yeah, um, strategies for us, uh, again, really go back to leaning on relationships and, and making sure that we are all, you know, in the coffee supply chain, you know, in our, our sort of uh, business family, uh, that we're taking care of each other and that we are managing our risk um, on behalf of producers, on behalf of our roasters, and that we're all communicating a lot more. And I think that has that has proven to be key um, throughout. You know, uh, making sure that people are able to only commit uh, from the producer side, right, to an amount of coffee that they know they can produce at the qualities that uh, they know we need. That roasters are, uh, you know, staying conservative in their forward buying for the time being, so that they don't end up with this huge obligation to take a bunch of coffee that you know they can't take. Again, in an environment where expectations are, are not um, holding true, it's important not to be overly aggressive, right? We can afford to play catch up in terms of creating obligations uh, to buy and sell coffee, but it's very hard to make up for having been too aggressive. And so, so we're all taking, I think, a very conservative, cautious approach because honestly, as you said, you know, we thought, you know, three months ago, this would be over in three months and here we are and it, it doesn't look a damn thing like over. Um, and this was supposed to be kind of the trough, right? And here in North America, it, it dipped for a little bit, but it's risen again long before the fall um, season kicks in where we should historically speaking, expect a, a pandemic to worsen. So I sound so depressing, I'm sorry. But, but it's what most of us are, are looking in, in our own country, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I live with a doctor, so it's hard for me to, to wear rose-colored glasses as far as the pandemic goes. Uh, and as, and is in any crisis, Craig, um, there are opportunities. Maybe it's difficult to identify them, but have you identified opportunities amidst this crisis? Yeah, I I, I quote that all. Isn't that isn't there a Chinese character? The Chinese character for crisis is the same as it is for opportunity. Right. Um, and I and I do, and I, I think there are a lot of opportunities. And as I said earlier, to to sing the praises again of the roasters that we work with, you know, so many people. It would be easy to just look at what's going on and just throw your hands up and go, okay, well, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to hunker down and, and hope for the best. But what they did was they looked at the situation. They did what they could to take care of their staff as much as possible. And, and they evolved how they do business to take care of client needs, to consumer needs. And so I think those opportunities, uh, one of my uh, clients who has quite a few retail outlets said, you know, before we did very, very little um, grocery store and online business. Now we are able to do that. And hopefully going forward, that will be another leg of the table of our business uh, as retail comes back and, and grows again. And I, I can say too that, you know, one of the things that I think will be interesting if people can whether the storm here in terms of the pandemic, uh, I don't know what the experts say, but personally speaking, 
I am going to be damn ready to go hang out in coffee shops um, when we are able to do so again, right? And I think there's going to be a huge um, surge in interest in people finding public spaces to to get together and see each other when that's possible. So if we can take care of each other now, um, th there will be a great opportunity going forward. Certainly, I, I believe that that's millions of people that are waiting for that moment to get together with friends, family, share a cup of coffee and yeah. just to hang out. It's, it's great to, to foresee that, that moment to come. Craig, thank you so much for this conversation. And do you have any message for coffee growers, uh, for those coffee lovers? What would you like to, to say to them? Yeah, I think, um, I guess I would just want to say that, you know, we really are all of us in this together. This is a global thing. And with coffee as a global business, you know, the hope is that we'll all continue to, to take care of each other and um, keep communicating and, and be ready to uh, grow the business and, and take care of people's coffee needs when things open up again. It was great speaking to you, Craig. Great to meet you. Thank you so much. Uh, stay safe. The best for you and your business. And cheers. Great, Michelle. Thank you. Great talking to you.